Hello, this is Darren. And this is Paige. And this is Where's, Where's the lemonade? lemonade? Where we talk about what happens when life throws you lemons. Make some lemonade? Uh, maybe. Some weeks it's lemon squares. Yeah, some weeks it's just lemons. Yeah. <laughs> In today's episode, we're going to talk about transparency. Yep, open communication. So our topic today is kind of a hot button with a lot of people. Um, transparency between a husband and wife. Yeah, in fact, you were on Facebook groups looking at blended families, and you saw that this was one of the hottest topics. It is, and it's a really um, big issue. And and, pe- and, tra- and people were arguing over what's the right thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, between you and I, it's never really been that big of a deal because we were on the same page with this when we came into our marriage. But, um, you know, probably because we, have, we came broken from our divorces, as I think most people are. I don't think anyone goes through a divorce and is not broken. Right. And and we both had trust issues with our previous marriages. So we came in with total transparency yes. on everything that we yeah. were doing. Yep. But we didn't want to just tell you what we've done. We want to tell you what other people have done as well. So you did some research on this, found this great article, which is on our blog site, which you can find, which talks about five different things uh, that... Um, lead us to real transparency in our marriage. Yeah, so we're going to talk about those today. And kind of in, as we discuss each one, we will share our personal experiences. But I want a little more um, in-depth, you know. Yeah, it's not um, just uh, sharing passwords and emails and things like that. There's a lot more involved on that. And we found this article really helpful. So the five top things that he talked about were uh, starting with mutual understanding, giving your spouse first priority, have obvious and open accounts, talk about everything often, and let your guard down. So we're going to talk about each one of those and uh, how we've seen these uh, work in our lives and not work in our lives. Yep, that's what we're going to do. So the first thing is when we first started uh, dating, we were pretty open. Yes, definitely. We were. Like I said, because of where we had both come from, we wanted that in our next relationship. We did. So we set up right up front a mutual understanding of what it meant to us um, about um, transparency and openness and not having any secrets. Right. And that's what the article that we read, that was his his you know first step was start with a mutual understanding. So um, we did do that. We talked about what we were going to need from each other in order to have a trusting relationship. So that's one of the first things that you really have to do when you establish that relationship is what does that really mean to you? Right. And I think it could be, it definitely means different things for different people. Um, for you and I, it was everything needed to be in the open emails, text social media accounts like we they're they're just it it couldn't be an issue and luckily we were both in agreement on that and so it wasn't a big deal but as you said um earlier that we i've been on the these you know different facebook groups and what about my privacy right well i thought that was interesting because we we thought that our individual privacy was not as important as our um, cohesiveness, our becoming together as one. In fact, there shouldn't be one person that I 
hide anything from that's you. I mean, you. I shouldn't hide anything from you at all. Right. So I don't really understand that when people say, well, what about my privacy? I guess I don't really understand that because... I shouldn't be doing anything that I want to hide from you. And ex I, I should say for the exception of when I buy you a birthday present. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, that's a whole convoluted thing. Or a thing. Father's Day present. Yeah, it's um, up our daughters buy them and then you yes, reimburse them afterwards. Yes, but. I have to get someone else to buy them. But anyway, and so we, we were in agreement. So people need to right up front in their relationship come up with a mutual understanding of what they need to have as far as transparency trust. yes goes, as far right? as transparency so you know we talked about how you know open open with our passwords emails texts. well and then another thing that you saw on the on the threads and we talked about was people said well i don't need my spouse checking up on me and there's a difference in the way that we handle it is different there you're not checking up on me i just know that everything that i do you can see right no, I've never gone to you and said, Darren, give me your phone. It's time for the weekly text check. No, no that wouldn't go well. That wouldn't go well. It, it definitely wouldn't go well with me. You no, know yeah, that. Know yeah, that. if you said, Paige, give me your phone, I'd be like, say what? And instead, we know that we can check at any time. I don't have to ask for your phone. I can, I can read your stuff any time that I feel like right. it. Right. And it's a nice check and balance for each other to make sure that, hey, we're carrying out for each other and that we're not hiding things from each other at all. Right, right. So something else you have to watch out for in your, for us, for us in our mutual understanding is we, there's landmines of trust. There's triggers. So even though we haven't done anything to earn distrust from each other, there's from still, our previous marriages. Yeah, those, yeah. It's, we still have those triggers. And that's not fair, but guess what? Life's not fair. Life's not fair. We but, already know that. <laughs> but what's interesting is when we understand those triggers, and then you put up a wall or I put up a wall because I said something or you said something or behaved a certain way that brought up those triggers of mistrust or distrust from uh, your previous marriage or mine. Then we talk about it. We have to understand, what did I just do? Right, right. Instead why was of, this such a big deal? Yeah, why was this such a big deal? And, you know, most of the time we work through that pretty easily. Sometimes not. Sometimes the, the trigger is so painful. Right. That... Um, it takes some time and right. some that we can actually open up to each other more on, on what's right. happened there. Well, and even in first marriages, you you make these mistakes, right? And then even though you might be trying to change, you still are triggered by the previous, you know, hurt Mistake. that was yeah, going on. Yeah. So so it's important to realize what the triggers are and learn how to work through them. That's important. Um, and then we also have to remind each other, and we've had to do this several oh, times. Yeah, we have. We have to remind each other. I am not your ex. You are not my ex. I am Paige. You are Darren. See me for who I am. Yeah, it's right. A, yeah, it's amazing because some of the phrasing that I use, I've had to change because it was similar to your ex-husband's. Right. And that was always a trigger because you always knew if he said this, I learned over 20 years that he was doing something else. Right, right. Right. So I've had to actually change some of the words that I use. Yeah. Right. And But I think that's... That's about building that strong relationship that we have. Right, right. And yeah, and respecting each other and what each other needs. That's what this is all about. What do we need to feel safe and secure in our relationship? Okay, the next point that they made in the article, which I really love this point, is give your spouse first priority. So what do, what do you think that really means? 
I didn't really know when I saw that when I saw that little bold headline. I didn't really know what that meant. I thought, oh, it's putting this your spouse first and in front of your kids, or but and that is what it means. But it, what it also means is um, sharing. If you have good news or just important news to share, it needs to be shared with your spouse first, not second or third or fifth, but first. Yeah, I was recently uh, talking to a colleague and. Um, they were they were stuck actually babysitting other grandkids while their daughter was at the hospital having another child and he said i will stay back i'll watch your grandkids so grandma can go and be there and everything and says but make sure i'm the first call after the baby's born right, right? so turns out that someone else was in there and they facebooked the birth and the grandfather was not the first one. The whole internet knew before he knew because he wasn't online. Right. And he got a call from some friends of his that said, congratulations on the new grandbaby, not even his own daughter. Mm. And that's kind of sad, but it goes to show something really interesting. Are we online? Are we calling our friends first when we have good news? Or right. are we calling our spouse? Well, and I think it's important to point out that sometimes depending on what the, the news that you want to share is, sometimes you want a certain reaction, right? You're, you're, yeah. You've got it in your head. You've worked it all up, <laughs> how this is going to go. And maybe you're not going to get that reaction from your oh, spouse. Oh, you're probably not. And so maybe you do want to share that with your friend, you know, a certain friend that you know is going to give you the reaction you want. And that is tempting. <laughs> I, yeah, I bet it is. It's tempting. So we still have to remember to tell our spouse first even though, and we're, we'll still get that reaction. So why, why do you think it's important to tell your spouse first? What does that, what does that do? Well, I think that that just, um, it shows respect um, for each other to show them that, you know, you're, you're number one priority, right? Yeah, and you know what? And it becomes a really good habit that you share everything with your spouse. It's part of that open communication, which I really, when I read this, I thought, wow, I never thought of it that way, but... It really does. It brings you and your spouse closer. It's brought us closer together. Right. When we have good news, you're the first person I can think of that right. I want to talk to. Yeah. So that's a, that's, that was one that I didn't expect to be on this list, but I understand why it is. You know, especially building a relationship of trust. Um, tell your spouse first. Yeah. So if you're one of those people that think, oh, I just got this great news, and you're not thinking of your spouse first, it's time to think really hard about that. Yeah, it's time to yeah, rethink it. Rethink. And rethink it. Maybe think of them first. Yep. Okay, now the biggie. Yes, now the hot topic, hot button. Right, that is... which is obvious and open accounts. Now, when I said this to you, when I, when I was telling you about this article and I said have obvious and open accounts, you said, what does that mean? What does, an ob what does obvious mean? I mean, open accounts we all know, but what does obvious mean? Yeah, it was a little interesting. They had some interesting ideas in there. Yeah, so I think we, it just means basically um, knowing people know who you are. Obvious meaning I am Paige, Pulsifer, I am married to Darren Pulsifer. Yes, that's exactly it is obvious right. <laughs> that this is what is happening. If your marital status is empty or is um, um, interested or um, confused, 
and you're married, that's not a good sign. Right, right, right. right. So yes, yeah, so this was this was this is a really um, hot button on these face the Facebook accounts that I was on these groups that somebody had asked you know oh my spouse wants to see my text and emails and I don't want to give them my phone I don't give my passwords and yeah that's and it's causing because I want privacy right that one you know that one's really hard for me uh, mostly because we have this mutual understanding up front. Right. That we're not sharing, that we're not um, hiding anything from each other. Right. And that we are sharing accounts. In fact, I have some siblings and some friends that um, they share one Facebook account. Yep. And so there's complete transparency there. Yeah. And we have, like I said, I don't know that I've ever, since we've been married, thought, I need to go check up on Darren. I don't know if that's ever crossed my mind. But your stuff is just always accessible. If you're, if my on my computer on my laptop, my email is in one tab and your email is on another tab. Yeah, in fact, a lot of times you'll text me and say, "Hey, you need to answer this email from right. the boys, yeah. you know, teacher." Right. Or I said, "Okay, yes." Well, and you actually that. appreciate that because you're a really busy person, and so sometimes I will say, "Oh, you know, I see that you got this email. We need to make sure we answer that." And right. so it's actually kind of helpful. Oh, which to me, it's extremely helpful. Yeah. And the same thing with text. We use um, uh, Google Voice, so our texts show up on our computers and our phones. Yeah, so, so we can see each other's. We see each other. In fact, there have been times when Paige has texted me as me. <laughs> and, yes. and I get it. It's been confusing. I'm like, yes. um, did I just type that <laughs> in or did Paige? So that, one, that one's really kind of funny. But the whole, the whole concept here is that to us, we really only have one set of accounts. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it shouldn't matter um, who we send an email to or a text to. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's open. It's wide open. If someone, you know. Well, and it's not just social media and email and text. It's also bank accounts, any other accounts that you have. I mean, yes. you should all have the same, you know, the password should be shareable. It's about being completely transparent, becoming like one. Right. And even though there always is one person in the relationship who does things like the bills or things like that, um, like you do all of our bills, you have shared all of the passwords with me. So it's not like you're you know, keeping things from me. I know exactly how to get into all of those accounts, even though I don't very often. Um, but, you know, because of course in a relationship you have certain responsibilities you take on. But you need to make sure you're sharing those things. Well, there's a couple reasons why. I mean, in the National Law Review, we did some research on this. And the, the statistics on social media involved in divorce cases is just astronomical. It is. It's actually, it actually made me really sad when I saw this. But yes, so I found this online because I wanted some actual statistics for real. So this is from the National Law Review. A third of all legal action in divorce cases are precipitated by affairs started online. That's huge. Yeah, that is huge. That is huge, and that's so sad. That is so sad. Um, and then 81% of attorneys find evidence worth presenting on social media. So meaning you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, right? 81% of divorces, they're, they're using they're that as evidence. They're finding evidence, yeah. Yeah, and then 66% involving divorce um employ facebook as one of their principal evidence sources so facebook is a major boo-boo yeah i mean yeah i mean people out there 
Oh, you know, I just had a fight with my spouse. Maybe I'm going to get on Facebook. Oh, look, here's someone from high school I remember. They're having a hard time too. And a lot of times you may not even want to go there, but it just happens. Yeah, I don't think that people ever set out going, I'm going to start this relationship. I think that that's how things start is an innocent oh, I'm going to reach out to so-and-so. I know he's divorced. I know he's separate, you know, and then it just kind of starts the down a bad pathway. And so, yeah, I think that those are startling statistics that we should be aware of. Well, and one thing that the article talked about was if you're doing something online and um, your spouse could be sitting there with you or if your spouse comes in the room, all of a sudden you shut things down, you know you're doing something wrong. It's right. pretty, yeah, if they pretty look, obvious. If they look over your shoulder and you're going, whoa. Or if you're afraid to hand them your phone at any point in time. Right. Which I'm not. I mean, a lot of times you, the, you take my phone or the kid takes my right. phone all the time. So. Yeah. Um, that's an important a- aspect. It is. And like I said, I, I want to be very clear about this, that I don't, think, I don't think it's a good idea to police each other, meaning... Darren, give me your phone so I can check it. I think you have no, to be very that, careful. That's a tone of accusation. It is. And it's no one wants to, as an adult, we don't want to be policed or felt like we're being parented by our spouse. Right? right. So if you're completely open and and you can look at each other's accounts all the time, then there is no policing that's going exactly. on. Exactly. There's no reason that you have to do that. Yeah. Those walls are just broken down. Yep. Another part of obvious and open uh, communication is the communication I have and you have with your ex-spouse. Yes, that is very important. Remember, you have a really long relationship with them, so you already have something there. Even if it may not be a great relationship right now, it's still a relationship. And your your current spouse is always in the back of their head thinking, okay, what are they talking about? Right, yeah, of course. Of right? course. So it's important to be open and, and frank with, hey, we talked about this about the kids today, right. and I just wanted to make sure that uh, you were aware. Yes, that is very important, very important. Okay, the fourth thing that he talked about in this article was to talk about everything often, not just when you're upset. Yes, to, and sometimes, you know, you don't want to do that. Especially, everybody has their different personality, and... I know in my first marriage, my you know spouse did not want to communicate very often. Not because he didn't like me, but because that just wasn't his personality. He used to joke that when he went to work and he had to talk and, and communicate there, that when he got home, he was out of words. He'd used up his allotment of words for the day. And he it was hard for him because he just wanted to come home and chill and relax and not talk. And so it's hard sometimes to you know, have a spouse that wants to communicate with you. But it's so important to talk about everything. Well, and if, you, if you're just talking all, all the time about everything, then when things get heated, then not everything comes out all at once. Right. And then you can focus your disagreement or your argument on one thing instead of everything that's happened. Um, and it, this, is, this is tough. It, and it shared in the, in the article that a danger sign is when you're sharing more details of your life with your friends than your spouse. Especially a friend of the opposite sex. Yes, that's especially, but either one is not good. If, you're, if you go, wait, I'm telling more, of, you know, more details of our life to my friend than I am my spouse, you need to rethink that. Yeah, I mean, that, 
it's it's tough because with your girlfriends, you're going to have a different com- camaraderie than with me. Right. right? Definitely. Because you're, you know, you have more in common. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes, it's true. It's true. Right. So you have to be somewhat careful of that. And uh, I think we've done a pretty good job at recognizing that. That was really hard for me at first. Um, you know, um, seeing how much you enjoyed friends and things. And that was really hard for me because I wanted to uh, bond with you so much. But we found a happy medium place where that was. We right? did. That was difficult You still in the need beginning. friends. Yes. And I still need friends. We can't just be just each other's everything. Yes. That was needed. something we had to work through in the beginning because I do like to have my good friends. I don't think that you know, I cross balance with that. And I think you've seen that. And that's what you needed to see. You needed to see that, okay, you can have your friends, but I'm still the most important person to you. Yes. And that's and, what I needed to see. And I saw Yes. That. Yes. You were, you were a cute little needy little puppy <laughs> when we first got married. You wanted to spend every single minute with me. I did. I did. And well, we had to work. It's hard not to want to spend time with you. you oh, know that. that's very sweet. But we had to learn to work through that because I, that's not my personality. Even though you're an adorable little cute puppy, I did not want to spend every second of the day with you. Thanks, honey. <laughs> but we worked through that. Yeah, we were. Now she does. She wants to spend every every minute with me now. Yeah, yeah. he just winked at me. Yeah, <laughs> wink, wink. But here's something we need to talk about, though. So, and it, it, as you said before, you especially want to be careful about sharing things with a friend of the opposite sex. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, you and I have an agreement. And this was something from day one, we yep. had this agreement that we, when at all, if at all possible, we are not alone with someone of the opposite sex. Yep. Now, sometimes that is absolutely unavoidable. Absolutely. Sometimes you, it's very hard. Yeah. You work. You work with women. I understand that. And I am well aware of that, that you have meetings one-on-one with women. Mm-hmm. I am well aware of that. So... And but, I try my best to tell you, hey, I met with so-and-so today, so you yeah. so you know. There was one case, though, that this was a tricky one. Oh, it wasn't tricky. Oh, it was tricky. <laughs> it was tricky. So I was, I was actually traveling um, in Ottawa. I was, I was in Canada, and Christmas was on its way, and um, I hadn't got you what your major present yet. And I knew I only had a certain amount of time, so... In between meetings, I asked my colleague that I was uh, with, um, hey, I got to stop off at the mall. And um, she said, okay, what do you need help with? I'll help you get something for your wife. So we went shopping together for Paige's leather jacket. Oh, it's a beautiful leather jacket. Yeah. I'm going to focus on that right now. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So we got it all bought and everything and then, you know... um, and then we went on to the rest of our meetings that we had. Yes, continue on with this story, Darren. I'm dying to hear the end. I think that's end. where I'm going to stop. It was a beautiful leather jacket. <laughs> no, no. Continue on, please. It was, it was a beautiful leather jacket. Thank you, Helen. Call out to Helen for helping me figure that out. Uh-huh. And then, um, so when I got home, and when you opened the jacket, I think, you said, oh, you know. I said, yeah, I got this in Ottawa. And didn't mention anything about shopping with Helen. No, and and what, yeah, so I didn't think anything of it. You just said you got it in Ottawa. And then later on, I tried it on, it didn't fit. And you were like, oh, I've got to send this back. Well, and then you, you said something like, well, you know, since Helen was with me when I bought this, I didn't say a word. Nope, she didn't say a word. And I, I just felt really bad. I thought, <laughs> oh, crap, I didn't tell Paige that, you know, Helen went with me to help find this jacket, which I should have. And, you know, I wasn't being as transparent as 
as I needed to be that we agreed to. Yes, and I think it was funny because you still didn't say anything, even though you knew you were going, oh man, oh, Paige now obviously knows that I, and I didn't say a word because I thought, you know, I want him to to come around and talk about this later. And we did, we 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 talked about it it later. And I mean, I, I, like I said, sometimes it's unavoidable. In that situation, it was unavoidable. It was. And that was fine. And she but did, I should have been you right should have, Right. You should have told me that was right the thing. Right. I should have told you that night. Hey, you know, we were, we were off um, in between meetings and I bought you a Christmas present and Helen went with me. Right. And she did a great job helping you pick out a jacket. Yeah, it was did. beautiful. It's but, a beautiful jacket. But I do have to say... If you were, were to find out that I went shopping with, I'd like, be so pissed off. <laughs> it's not even. There's no question at all. You would have been. I'm a very jealous man <laughs> when it comes to my wife, and I found out you're pretty jealous too. Yeah, I'd never had those feelings before until I married you. I'd never had those jealous. So feelings. hey, fall on our swords here. We've made. I've made mistakes in this in this area. Well, and we have said since day one of our podcast, we are not experts in this. In fact, the reason we're doing this podcast is not because we're experts. It's to share our experiences. Some good, some bad, you know. So that is why we're doing this. Not because we're perfect, because we are far from. But yes, so we, we worked through that. You know, you didn't tell me. We worked through it later. You should have told me. And yeah, you hear everything now. And yes. Now, the other thing that's important about talking about everything, it's also bad news too. Yes, because sometimes it's hard to share that with your spouse because you do know the reaction you're going to get. Oh, yeah, I know exactly the reaction. (laughs) So, and sometimes the bad news, it may be about work, it may be about what, you know, hey, I wrecked the car or whatever it is. I spent too much money. I spent too much money. Yeah. Um, But if you don't share that bad news, then that starts putting in walls of distrust that start building up over time. Right. And even just recently, there's been some bad news at work that we've been working through, and I come home and tell you about it, and you would get really upset. Passionate is the word I would use. Okay, passionate about it. (laughs) And and I still wanted to share with you, but there was a point in time where I was like, I I can't really share with you anymore because your reaction was so just passionate. Because, yes, I am your A number one fan. Yes. And so if I feel like somehow you are not getting um, justice at work, <laughs> I am like, ah! Like, I seriously want to go, you know, key a car or something. But yeah, well, so <laughs> I have Which to I've never done. She's never done. She won't do. <laughs> please. But, but it's still important to share that, to share that news, even though you know that the reaction may be not what you want. But it's something that we talked about. And then you apologize later and you said, hey, you know what? I need to be more supportive of you through this hard time instead of yes, I did. getting all upset. And I, I knew apologize. you weren't upset at me. No, it had nothing to do with you. Yeah. But it was just, oh, I was so mad at the situation. So, yes, I did come to you later and say, I, I want you to be able to talk to me about things. I'm sorry if my reaction was a little off the Richter scale. I will try and um, temper my reactions in the future. Okay, and all of that leads to the last thing, which is letting your guard down. Yes, which is sometimes hard to do, especially in a second marriage, but even in first marriages, but especially in a second marriage, letting your guard down, allowing your spouse to know you intimately, personally, closely, like no one else knows you. 
that that can be really hard. That can be hard. And you know what? For us, one of the main benefits that we had right up front when we first got engaged was uh, Caroline, our marriage counselor. She was so fabulous. I miss her. But she helped us say, get in the trenches with each other. Well, and she also broke us down emotionally in front of each other. Yes, she did. Which made you vulnerable and me vulnerable to each other. And we started really understanding who we were marrying. Yep. And it made me even closer to you. Even um, though I hated it. I hated oh, that she I broke you. I hated that she broke down those uh, barriers that I had up, but she did. It, w- it was good for me to see you, who you really were. I, we all wear these masks, right? right? Um, but it, now I know who you really are. Um, and I've learned over the last eight years even more. Yeah. It's been wonderful for me. Yeah, it's been good. So I want to, I know we're, we're getting short on time here, but what I want to share is he, in this article, he says that letting your guard down often requires hurts, disagreements, and regular forgiveness. I love that. We're going to be hurt by each other. We're going to have disagreements. We need to make sure we're also giving regular forgiveness. And before we end our podcast today, I want to make sure that if you go, Great. Well, you set these things up, you know, at the beginning of your marriage, you set up these open passwords and open accounts and mutual understanding. But now I am five or 10 years into my relationship and I don't have that. What do I do? I'm begging you. Talk your spouse into seeing a counselor. Yeah. Sit down with a counselor. Start building up that mutual understanding with each other. Yes. It will only help you go uh, closer together and stronger. Right. If you feel like you can't sit down with your spouse and work through these things and come to agreements on making you both happy, you need to see a counselor. I, we could, we're huge proponents on that because they can really, a third party helping you through this is, is super helpful. Okay. Funny moment of the week uh, this week. Uh, comes from our daughter Rachel, of course, because she's got kids and those are our grandbabies. And the best one of of this last week was when our little granddaughter Emma Jane wanted to become a dog. She wanted Rachel to make her a real puppy, and she was very upset that Rachel wouldn't make her a real puppy. And Rachel's going, "What?" <laughs> Rachel even said she put down bowls of water and food and even threw things like, "Okay, Emma, fetch," and she did these things but then she says but i'm still a girl i'm not a real puppy (laughs) the imagination of three-year-olds is quite incredible (laughs) and especially our little emma jane who is very strong-headed and she has a great imagination yeah she does so anyway that was super funny and it makes me miss her i love her so much if you like today's episode give us five stars on itunes spotify google And head to Facebook and like us. And check out our blog at wheresthelemonade.org. Where you can leave questions and comments. But most of all, go out and make some lemonade. You betcha, baby. On our next episode, we're going to get pretty frank and honest about a really tough subject. Depression and anxiety, and whether it's chronic or situational, how that affects your relationship and how to get through it.